You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I think everyone's wrong. I'm going to start this show with that. I don't think he's a bad bunny. I think he's an awesome bunny because Damien Priest and Bad Bunny had the latest sports entertaining incredible celebrity wrestling match. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, DAD. Welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast review of WWE Backlash 2023. If you haven't already, please press the thumbs up button. Give us a subscribe. Leave a comment down below with your thoughts on the Backlash premium live event and send in your ultra chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support or read out every single one of them over five US dollars before the end of the show if you can actually get them to come in because there's a few payment details snags in their back end at the moment. Yeah, as if Streamlabs wasn't giving us enough jip by losing usernames, it's now also not allowing people to actually chat in. Sounds like PayPal payments? Totally fine. It's the credit card ones that aren't going through. So keep that in mind when you try. Uh, but yes, let's start there is, with... Our- there is one way to do it, of course. Become a member. Oh. Because a member, you get a free chat every month. Become a member to this channel. Get a little special thing next to your name. You get... Emotes. Exclusive emotes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a free chat every month. Well, free. You're paying for it. It just doesn't feel like it, does it? Right, so this episode of Premium Live Event WWE uh, had a co-main event. Yeah, uh, apparently we are hugely lagging, uh, so we'll do the best that we can uh, with this. (coughs) Very sorry about the lag. Looks okay on our screen. Yes, it it is now. It was frozen for a brief Oh, right, okay. Um, Yeah, so this this was the co-main event. And when they announced it like that, I was like, oh, so there's there's this match and then there's the main event, right? And but we haven't had the six man yet. They're doing that thing again. Yeah. It's well, not really the main event. No, it is not. And when they announced it's a double main event evening, my assumption on that was, oh, that's how Damien Priest and Bad Bunny are gonna main event this show. Because it's a way for Brock Lesnar mm. to have his main event match, but it's middle of the card or maybe even the opener 
of the show um, because you've it's a it's a double main events night. It's not a real thing. Um, <laughs> you can't have a double main event. Uh, you have a main event. Uh, and so if you do have a double main event, they definitely go on second and last. Yes, not uh, second. Oh, sorry, not last and third from last. Yeah. Uh, because unfortunately, somehow the bloodline were used as the toilet break match to cool down the crowd wow. <laughs> from the hotness of Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. Yeah, those classic bloodline Sami Zayn six man tags that are really, really chill. Yeah. Uh, sign of how off the, not off the boil, because it's still very good, but it's nowhere near the levels it was pre Mania, that storyline. But this Bad Bunny Damian Priest match was spectacular. I've decided not to class Logan Paul as a celebrity wrestler anymore. He's just a pro wrestler. But Bad Bunny played the I am a celebrity doing a wrestling match like really well. Logan Paul doesn't feel like that anymore. He just feels like an athlete, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I, I hear you saying, yeah. But Bad Bunny, definitely a rapper or well, whatever he is. He's well, a musical recording artist. Also, I think as well with Logan Paul, he's had multiple matches now. And he has signed a deal with WWE to be a wrestler for them. So he doesn't really feel like the celebrity match. And he, he did have boxing matches before becoming which, a wrestler. Which were more worked than wrestling. <laughs> so yeah, Bad Bunny. This was like, I, I said in my review earlier, I got big Shane McMahon, early noughties, good Shane McMahon vibes from this. Where Shane would just throw himself, not in a sort of romantic sense, but a, I'm just got loads of courage and I might not be the most trained wrestler in the world, but boy, have I got heart. And I, boy, will I take the bumps and boy, <laughs> will I jump off a few things. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally get what you mean as well, because I thought when we did our predictions for this, we both said, oh, Bad Bunny will win. I think mm. it's very clear to be set up for, for Bad Bunny to win. And then there were a few people in the comments left, and I'd be like, "Whoa!" And you, what? What happens to Damian Priest then? Like you're just having the celebrity, the recording artist, uh, the most streamed recording artist beating Damian Priest. What does that do for him? But I think they actually did a really good job in protecting Priest in that because you're right. Like Bad Bunny wasn't he didn't out wrestle <clears throat> yeah. Damian Priest. He surprised Damian Priest. Like the first thing he did was just hit a, a Mishinoku driver, and Damian Priest saw that, being like. What? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but not was, like it hurt. It was no. just that was annoying. It was like, what? What are you doing? And Bad Bunny like out the ring, going to get weapons. Damien Priest wasn't using the mm. weapons either. It was all Bad Bunny using the weapons to kind of wear him down, and then really weared him down, targeting the knee and doing all of these chair shots. And then like Damien Priest even shouting to the referee, "It's hyper extended," mm. and he was he was limping around. Damien Priest, great was, job selling the leg. And Damien Priest had the match won pretty early mm. doors, hit the south of heaven, but did the old Undertaker? Oh no, I'm going to school him. <laughs> and that's how like the, the matches against Shane used to go before Shane, in whatever narcissistic nepotism world he lives in became an actual wrestler who could actually wrestle AJ Styles. Well, he had his half an hour uh, MMA oh, yeah, training. Yeah. Every like... Tuesday night for uh, six months. <laughs> like, I'm pretty I'm pretty Gracie now. <laughs> but Bad Bunny, yeah, a lot of focus should be kept on Damian Priest here because Bad Bunny will get the plaudits because it was a great performance here, uh, just like how it have the other matches in the past. When, you know, the Canadian destroyers, the moves off the top rope, taking some great bumps as well. One uh, Falcon Arrow from Priest off a production crate in the crowd through a table. That was really cool. But Priest was the veteran. He's the guy making sure the wrestling stuff 
goes well. He's the professional wrestler here. And he did it perfectly while playing this monster character, whilst never feeling like he was losing anything by being beaten by this untrained wrestler. I'm, you know, like obviously he's been trained, but he's not a professional wrestler, a professional, professional wrestler. And yeah, ultimately it was Priest who beat himself. And the, the job he did selling his leg, which was he got back in the ring after the Falcon Arrow spot, well, near the ringside area, went for the spin kick on Bunny. Bunny moved and Priest just whacked the ring post with his leg. And it, it was a different kind of selling than we're used to from Judgment Day. Because mm. he's in, he's like, ref, no, 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 I'm hurt, I'm hurt. Might as well been doing the X, uh, limping on one leg. Really effective stuff. Also, he was using his ring uh, veterancy, if that could be a word uh, to <laughs> use now. Um, he outsmarted Bad Bunny on several occasions. Suck it in Bad Bunny, not once, but twice. Mm. Like the big idiot that he is, he was like, adore. Yeah. And then got, and so Priest was the smarter wrestler here. He was the better wrestler here, but there was so much shenanigans. The LWO essentially had the numbers advantage to kind of help Damien, Pri uh, to help Bad Bunny as well. And eventually, eventually. Um, so it, it never felt like Bad Bunny outperformed mm. or out wrestled or outsmarted Damien Priest like Damien Priest lost nothing in losing to the the celebrity here um if anything he almost gained more out of it because he should have had the match one on several occasions but his hubris got the better of him let's talk about that mini section oh, you, of, you mean the best uh, bit of the, the match because like when it turned into a royal rumble yeah I mean this, this match was was awesome anyway but then it just got exponentially more awesome yeah so from the start, it's like, you know, Damien Priest makes his entrance. Bad Bunny makes his entrance. Oh, and yeah. this crowd goes ballistic. I was, I wrote then, I was like, oh, this should have been the main event. Mm. Like, because there's ain't no way Cody and Brock are getting these levels of pops. I also love that Damien Priest was wearing the same gear that he wore when he tagged with Bad Bunny at oh. WrestleMania. Some mind games there. So Bad Bunny just gets this immense pop from the crowd. The crowd are going... Every single person that in that building knew that song. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the first time I've ever heard it. I mean, maybe he's come out to every wrestling match he's yeah, had yeah. with that song, but I'm an old man and I don't know what it is. It all sounds the same. Yeah, pretty much. It. It's all just a lot of different mm -hmm. fart noises uh, in my mind. Hana, hana, hana. Yeah, I'm kidding, of course. It's grand music, just not for me. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like, you know, we had the, the Judgment Day ran down, shenanigans ensued, and they were beating down on, on Bad Bunny. And Rey Mysterio runs down to, to make the save. But uh, the numbers game still isn't enough. And who should come out next, Oliver Davis? Carlito. And that was a really nice swerve because I was sitting there going, well, it's the LWO's time. Mm -hmm. Or Savio Vega, who had already seen backstage earlier in the night yeah. uh, in a sort of segment with Bad Bunny. He gave Bad Bunny a Puerto Rican-themed kendo stick. And no, it was Carlito who came out. Of course, Puerto Rican Carlito, famous of the Cologne family, which is like wrestling royalty in uh, Puerto Rico. And yet the crowd went crazy for that too. It was one of those surprises where when you stand back and look at it, you're like, oh, it's Carlito. Yeah, <laughs> of course, yeah. But it was just the right moment, the right time, the right place, particularly. And he came out, the crowd went crazy i went crazy yeah and you know carlito's not a running joke between me and you but there was a period in the the 2010s 
when you'd see him on every independent British wrestling show, him and Chris Masters. <laughs> so it became a bit of like, and they'd always sort of do very... Low not effort. bare minimum, but you know... Low effort. You'd, you'd see other matches on the card that were pushing the forefront of what you think wrestling could be, and then, oh, here's a WWE name. And yeah, he's, who's been paid five times more than the other people. Rest hold. Rest hold. <laughs> And then Master Lock, oh no. Yeah. But uh, it was a really cool match. He came out, he helped uh, uh, Ray do the 619. Mm -hmm. And then he spat the apple in the face of Dominic Mysterio, who sold it big time. Love that because it, it felt like the apple just appeared in his hand. Yeah. Why was he hiding it? In his trousers. Mm. And, you know, the, the Judgment Day are then like, oh, it's, it's Balor and, and uh, Mysterio. And they're like, oh, oh, no, no. Like, <laughs> you know, heel shenanigans walking up the aisle while uh, uh, Carlito and Ray are shouting at them. And then who should also come out? I think this, so it was Savio Vega, which was awesome. I wish they hadn't shown him backstage earlier because mm -hmm. I think that it would have been, it was still an incredible pop. You listen to the pop he got when he was shown backstage yeah, yeah. and then the pop he got later. It wasn't quite the same level. And I think if you'd have just kept it as a surprise and all of a sudden, Savio Vegas here, mm -hmm. it would have been so awesome. Being there being like, we've still got a match going on. <laughs> I get, I thought Savio wasn't going to get physical, but he, he did the chops uh, on uh, Finn and Dominic, I think. So that was good to see. But yeah, that was that was all going on on the ramp. And it was one of those ramps that WWE do sometimes where it's like a it's a right angle, isn't it? Like they had at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I, I like I don't love the look, but I like that it's different. Yeah. Uh, but then I thought, well, the finish is going to come off the back of all that interference. It didn't. We still had about four minutes a really exciting near falls for Bad Bunny. It was just like, move, move, move. Figure four at one point, Damien Priest is screaming because his ankle is presumably broken or whatever after that kick to the ring post. But ultimately, Bad Bunny, Canadian destroyer, got the win. Yeah. Brilliant. Great, great amount of fun. Uh, there was, I, I think this was a an excellent match. Re was my favorite thing on the show by, by leaps mm. and bounds. Uh, in terms of the story that it told, the fun uh, of it and everything. Yeah. But it, Sports entertained. But it also featured some of the worst Michael Cole commentary uh, of the evening. It <clears> felt <throat> like almost Michael Cole of old. Mm. Michael old, if you will. He, he said uh, that his autobiography would be called I Twerk Alone. At one point, Michael Cole did. Oh, yeah. I didn't want that visual image. So, I mean, at one point he said, hey, look. Bad Bunny. He main evented both nights of Coachella. He main evented the Met Gala. And here he is main eventing a WWE show. And I was like, you can't say that, Cole, because it's not, the, <laughs> it's not the main event, though, is it? And then at one point, like, Corey Graves was saying something about Bad Bunny, uh, Damien Priest being at Bad Bunny. And, ba and Cole said, and I quote, out of nowhere, well, let's not forget, Bad Bunny has over 140 million social media followers. <laughs> <laughs> Such like Vince McMahon nonsense. Like, tell, me about, tell me about how many social media followers he's got. That's the important thing. Why should I care? Yeah. And then there was a point when Bad Bunny hit the Falcon Arrow. Mm -hmm. An important thing, that's part of Priest's repertoire. And that was Bad Bunny using Priest's own repertoire against him. And Michael Cole said, another Mishinoku driver. <laughs> or he goes like, no, no, that's that's a Falcon Arrow. That's, that's very yeah. clearly one of Damien Priest's move right there. Poor Cole. I, you know, because we've seen that he is good. So what's more likely? This was a off night for new Michael Cole or someone was yelling in his ear. 
I don't know. We don't. We don't know. We, we, we don't, don't know. know. Uh, just before we get on to the ultra chats, I I sort of said in my review that this WWE resurgence in popularity over the last year. You know, you're coming off of COVID, so there's a bump there. You got the Cody signing bump there. Triple H has made things make sense, and consequently, the Bloodline story just became amazing. I don't think Bad Bunny gets enough recognition for what he has potentially brought to the table in terms of new fans. Mm. Because he is the biggest recording artist in the world, arguably, yeah, well, he, he's, by he's, some metrics. He's the most streamed artist uh, on the planet, I believe. I can open up Spotify and find out how many uh, plays his top song has got. Yeah, I know. Where are YouTube? What are his videos on YouTube, though? <laughs> <laughs> is, he, uh, is he getting a cool 100 on uh, average? Bunny... No, not Bad Religion. Bad Bunny. Uh, his number one song... Um, actually, you probably want to do his number four song. Order, it's yeah. in the wrong order there, because his number four song has got 1.3 billion listens. It's a lot. And then his, uh, his fourth one there has got uh, just over a billion listens. Mm. Only two. Only two have, though. So, uh, but, you know, I think that's... I think probably Faith No More are doing numbers similar to that Do you want to well. see? I'll have a quick check. Yeah, let's have a look. Of course, Faith No More have have a bit more time to have been on Spotify than uh, Bad Bunny. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, their, their first album so was take released, that into account was was released in the uh, the late eighties, certainly the Mike Patton era. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, arguably epic. They're probably their biggest song. One hundred seventy six million. Mm. Hundred. I'd call one hundred seventy seven million. Yeah, yeah, quite a way off. Yeah, I would have I would have thought that'd have been higher. Most of those, are particularly. <laughs> <laughs> Lionel Richie is doing the Prince Charles concert today. Is he really? Yeah, I think yeah. he does a lot of charity work. And I was like, I actually prefer the Faith, Faith No More version. It's, it's well better. Because. But yeah, I think I think Bad Bunny, like Cindy Lauper and the rock and wrestling stuff in the 80s, that was what sparked a wrestling boom period then. Have we all been looking at the wrong thing? Have we all been like, oh, yeah, but Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay are going to have a really good match. When really, <laughs> people just want big-name recording artists and matches. I thought you were going to say, if we've all been looking at the wrong thing, it's Triple H rewriting history yet again. It's like, no, no, no. It was me taking over a creative <laughs> that was the real boom period, not the, not Bad yeah, Bunny yeah, yeah. being on the show. Uh, I, I'm, <clears throat> I mean, massive credits for Bad Bunny. Like, and... You know, I, I made this point slightly earlier, and I, but I do think it bears repeating. This should have been the main event. Mm. The show never recovered. I know it was only two matches after this, but the the, the toilet break divas match that we got <laughs> we got next uh, didn't get half the reactions that no. it would have done two months ago. Let alone compared to what Bad Bunny and Damian Priest got, and even Cody and Brock, I just didn't get anywhere near the reactions that Bad Bunny got. They, I think Cody Brock. Yeah, not anywhere near, but it was still pretty decent. I think if you look at the pop that Cody got on Friday on mm. SmackDown, bigger than what he got on Backlash. Mm. And I think that was, it's less of he's not as popular. It was more just they were so burned out by the Bad Bunny Damian Priest match because it was two Puerto Ricans in Puerto Rico for a show that really was just a sweet 16 birthday party for for Bad Bunny. You know, <laughs> he asked his mum and dad, "Can I have a, my own WWE pay per view?" And they said, "Sure, son. Here you go." And I want to wrestle Damian Priest in the main event, but they're like, "Well, we can't can't get that because Brock's got a contract." And I I, I think this should have been the main event. Mm -hmm. It so should have been the main event.
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Let's see what you all think on the ultra chats and any set of mega chats because I don't do that many WWE reviews now. Uh, what was I going to say there? Yep, we're still getting problems with the credit card stuff, so PayPal is the way to go. Yeah, and also apologies for uh, for any lag that you may have experienced. Oh, no, we're it, still lagging. It, it, it has bits and bits and bobs it sometimes freezes it sometimes doesn't oh. there's only so much we can do it's the the, the, the whip. a carlito moment will forever be in my memories being part of a surprise pop reaction is insane wwe needs these types of audiences on a daily basis i mean that they've run it's enough bit shows too, bit too many i have seen like you know the reviews that people have done for a the the smackdown show on friday and baby and like why can't American audiences, the rest of American audiences, be like this? Well, it's because they get it way more often. Yeah. 
it's they're not you know puerto rico hasn't had a show we, we think like 2005 was something the last time mm. they had a pay-per-view but even a tv show they haven't had for for ages and it's the same when they came over to the uk look at the reactions that Cra uh, clash of the castle got or you know the ticket sales that all in is currently doing the, when these big shows come over here we you know we we show out for it and it was the same thing with with puerto rico here like this show this 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 crowd elevated this show way above the b-level mm. standards mayor of painesville dan best backlash since 2000 nope that's the best show of all time yeah but best backlash since oh yeah since i think backlash is weirdly a generally generally quite all right yeah but this was so much fun yeah. i feel like it is give me carlito a wrestler from of course dan of course dan wants carlito yeah uh, a wrestler from the mid to end 2000s and Savio Vega, who was Goldust's first opponent in WWE, and I give you the best critiques. Honestly, massive props to WWE. That was an awesome, awesome main event. I see a yellow bar is coming. Yeah, across. we are getting, we're getting some massive, massive issues now. Hmm. The Wi-Fi is is failing on us. Hmm. What's the? It's it's, it's full bars. Yeah. It, they are, our Wi-Fi is, is not connecting to YouTube or YouTube is not connected to our Wi-Fi. It could be a YouTube issue. It could be an us issue. Can people hear us? Is the, is the sound okay? Or is it just all laggy? Yeah. I don't know. That's the problem. Hmm. What are people saying on the comments? Uh, I spit in the face of the damn lag. Um, <laughs> Bray, Wyatt's about, Bray Wyatt promo is about to come in. We're back. Just hit refresh. Uh uh, da -da -da -do. I mean, I think people don't know that we can see this. Rust Talk is having its own adversity. It's a glitch in the Matrix. This looks like a PowerPoint version. It'd be <laughs> rude, but this uh, lag is so bad it's unwatchable. Uh, sorry about my, sorry about the lag. The stream cuts off. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Rust Talk having its own Cody Torn Peck moments. <laughs> Not the quality you'd expect from Rust Talk. I am disappointed. Yeah, well, it's it sometimes the, the internet doesn't work. Hmm. I mean, if it's that bad. Apparently, the sound's good. Oh, if the if the sound's okay. Oh, the sound's okay. okay. You just you just have to. Oh, the audio is coming through fine. Oh, right. Okay. Well, sorry, everybody. You're just gonna have to listen to this as a podcast because it's infuriating when it's just everything. Yeah. I was gonna be like, oh, maybe we just start start again. <laughs> but as long as you can hear us, sorry, folks, about the image quality. Uh, just appreciate our dulcet tones, which is actually the best part of the show, anyway. Um. But yeah. That was Dan there. Matt Hennessy says, I think we're getting Seth versus Solo at Night of Champions for the World Heavyweight Championship. I think Roman will reward Solo for winning a backlash for the bloodline by having him in the tournament. And during the build, he will berate the Usos for losing the tag titles and failing to regain them. Matt continues, and for almost losing a backlash, he will tell the Usos to make sure Solo wins at Night of Champions or else. However, with the tension between Jay and Solo, Jay will cost him the match to Seth, leading to a... Usos either leaving the group or being kicked out, setting up bloodline civil war with the Usos versus Solo and Roman, which can set up both Jimmy and Jay as challengers to Roman's world title down the line. I'm willing to give it a try, but I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. When, um, during that six man tag, I had a real moment of, I'm so over this. Mm. I'm so over. And like afterwards, you know, they were like, oh, are there cracks in the bloodline? I was like, we've been having cracks for over a year now. Like I'm, I need this storyline to do something. 
I'm just going to read the first chat we had from Joshua Lopez because apparently the lag issues were affecting audio back then. Uh, Joshua Lopez says, I was in this audience. And while I knew this pay-per-view was B-level at most, the crowd made every second crazy. The Carlito moment will forever be in my memories. Being part of a surprise pop reaction is insane. WWE needs these types of audiences daily, which we said probably a bit too often. Yeah, might might be a bit... (laughs) Um, Benjamin Gabriel, Menberg for 13 months. Damn, Cody ruined my Wrestle League predictions. Angry face. Guess he got over the adversity. Overall, a really good night. An enjoyable show. And Amro says, I don't really give a crap about wrestling today. How good was Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Seen it twice already. I know you can't spoil anything, but goddamn, I'm seeing it after this show. Yeah, I cannot I've, wait. I've In not the seen IMAX. it yet. Not seen it yet. Um... Yeah, I'll try and see it at some point this week. Uh, yeah, Cody ruined my Wrestle League as well, <laughs> as did the Bloodline. Oh, yeah. Looks like Ollie was right on the old Bloodline. Uh, the show opened with Bianca Belair and EO Sky. Well, it opened. Well, you know, we had the video package with Bad Bunny, you know, being the host mm. of this show. I don't know what a host does, but apparently he just does the intro video package. And then we got my new favorite thing in WWE, which is when they hand over the directing reins to Sam Raimi. <laughs> <laughs> and he just does his shot from Evil Dead. Yeah. Just dr- like flying all the way through, chasing Bruce Campbell through mm. the arena. I love that drone shot. It's so, so good. I hope it continues onto every show they do. It's really exciting when wrestling finds a new visual production thing uh, like a lot of modern sport production particularly the nfl from what i understand it's new it's like modern day visual language is very much informed by the stuff that xfl did you know with like the sort of camera over the top and all the new things they did so and like like aw's turnbuckle cams mm. things like that i love it so this was really really effectively done because we give WWE a lot of crap for their production because often it's pony and that AR stuff always looks bad. Unless it's Seamus' Fight Night stuff, which is actually quite cool. But this is like, well done, Kevin Dunn. You did a good one. This is great. Awesome. Um, Bianca Belair versus Io Sky talking a great. This was a fantastic match. So good. Uh, I think I enjoyed it more than the Asuka match. Of Mania against mm. Belair. It was certainly because of the crowds. Mm. It was certainly more of an interesting, you know, match to kind of look at. The, it, we almost got. We didn't quite get it, but we almost got the uh, the Bizarro World comments <laughs> from uh, from Cole and uh, Graves. But they and they were like skirting the line, being like, "Whoa, this isn't the reaction that Bianca Belair usually gets in these sorts of situations," because she was very much the babyface here, and Io was very much the heel. But this Puerto Rican crowd had decided. Now we want Io Sky to win this one, so we're going to cheer everything that Io does and boo everything that Belair does. And that's quite significant because it, the match was designed for Belair to be the face. You know, she was she got her arm worked over. She couldn't use her arm, so she used just one arm to power up EO over and, her and head. What, what a power up she did as well. Land, dumped her on her face. <laughs> <laughs> that was <laughs> I went and rewatched that back because I was like, was it as bad as it seemed? Oh, yeah. I am amazed she did not bust up her nose. There was another spot where EO took a rough landing. She just got right back up and 
kept going. It's unlike, Credit to him. It's unlike Belair as well, because it's, you know, Belair's great. Mm. Belair's like a really, really good wrestler. But she had her up for this one-arm <laughs> press slam. And even was like, yeah, I did it. And then just threw her down and just dropped her face first into the floor. Bradshaw style. <laughs> it's like Kevin Nash <laughs> did his powerbomb. Yeah, off you go, pal. Uh, but it was really, really good. But yeah, so Belair has this like proper underdog story, which I don't... I don't know how much I get on board with these days because she wins all the time and she powers through everything anyway. I've seen an arm or a leg get taken out and her still win. I've seen people interfere and she still wins. And, I, you know, we've been feeling a bit like this with Bianca for a couple of months. That She's a bit stale. She needs something. I, I think she needs a, a decent feud. So my question is, was this reaction a Puerto Rico bizarro land thing, a one-off? Or is this actually the first ripples of people are getting bored of Bianca? I think when she shows up on SmackDown, she's going to get an overwhelming babyface reaction. Okay. And the only reason I think that is because it's not like we've been seeing signs of it. Mm. She's been getting overwhelming babyface oh, reactions on TV. It. I know you've been feeling it, but I, I think even with Cena, you know, when people then, like, because there was a period of time when people did cheer John Cena as the babyface, even when he was first WWE champion, people mm. were cheering him on TV. But there was just this slow realization of like, oh, oh no, he, he sucks. <laughs> and oh, he's actually quite terrible at this. And he's the champion, oh no. Oh, he's having another bad match. And, oh, man, he's being all of my favorites. And he's calling spots really loudly really in the loudly, ring. Yeah, and the, and then he's not doing them very well. <laughs> and it was just over. And then, you know, the ECW one night stand was really the cat of just like, I actually know, like, boo this man. Like, mm. boo John Cena. Uh, but I, So I don't think we're getting that with Belair because I think <laughs> Belair's still just getting overwhelming baby reactions. I think this is a one-off. This is a, a Michael Hayes, hey, it's one town, pal. Can't book everything for one town. I think it's come SmackDown, she's going to get a great babyface reaction. I say watch this space. We'll see. We'll see how it develops. I think it's the popularity of EOS Sky. I, th mm. I think, and this is almost like, for me, a calling sign. They were putting this over on commentary as well, like a great standout performance from EOS Sky to break away from damage control. Because the finish of this was Bailey and Dakota Kai ran down. And actually, if you watch it back, Kai is pleading with Bailey not to go down to the ring, just leave Sky mm -hmm. to do it on her own. But Bailey does get involved. Kai does get involved. Bailey is holding down Bianca Belair's braid. So for Sky to hit the over the moon salts, but the referee spots Bailey, and that's enough of a distraction for Sky to momentarily delay doing the move. She does it into Belair's knees, and then she hits the KOD for the win. Yeah. So further in that EO Bailey breakup storyline, yeah. which which I think is you know what well, damage control haven't been a success. So yeah. just break them up. I mean, and think the reason why I would go for the Asuka match over this one is I've, I've seen this match a lot, mm. effectively, because if the finish of this was damage control interfere, but Belair overcomes it. I saw that in September. Mm. I saw that in October. I saw that in November. And then in the build up to this, I've seen it in April and mm. now I'm seeing it in May. Like I am I'm done with seeing Belair beat damage yeah. control despite damage control interference and they're both on the same cocking brand again mm. so more of that on smackdown i guess uh ray mysterio and savio vega went to see bad bunny backstage they spoke in spanish and the crowd popped mega for all of them it's just a fun fact actually oh, yeah. this is from sean 
Bel Air will hit 400 days as champion this week as uh, women's mm. champion. It will be the longest of any main roster women's champion since Trish Stratus in 2005-2006 with 447. And Stratus was injured for 120 of those. <laughs> yeah, they're obviously, they're very much about those long reigns at the moment. Yeah. That's a Triple H thing. Seth Rollins then took on Amos in what is comfortably Amos's best match ever. It's also, I went and checked this, I did my own research into this, his longest singles match mm -hmm. ever in terms of in WWE. But he's been in like, his last longest match was a six-man tag where he and the Usos defeated R-Truth and Street Profits in July last year. Wow. That went 11 and a half minutes. And obviously he was part of Money in the Bank slightly before that mm. so that was like 20 odd minutes but i wouldn't say that amos wrestled for 20 odd minutes here 10 and a half minutes this went 10 and a half minutes so i think that is the longest singles match he's ever had <coughs> the beauty was that amos did probably the same amount of moves as he yeah. would in a four minute match but seth Rollins could do so much more around him because uh, amos's usual matches are against another big meat slapping guy but Seth, he's a small, well, not smaller in general, but definitely smaller than Moss, had to tell a different kind of story, worked around him, sold loads for him. Uh, his offense wouldn't work on him, couldn't get the arms around for the pedigree at one point, stuff like that. So it was, it was really dramatic and, well, not really. Really is a strong word. Take, take this with a pinch of a Moss. I'm very, very impressed with this match. It's a Moss's best match ever. Zooming out for the whole history of wrestling matches, it's fine. Yeah, it it is a, uh, a, a maybe a two star. Mm. I, I think if you know if I was a, a wrestling observer writer, it's one and three quarters. I think maybe, maybe, I think it's maybe, three. Maybe, but I wouldn't give it to them three. Just I, because I so the story two. Seth told, I think that that like it's Seth's match. This he kept on trying to hit things. The the stomp was blocked, which was cool. But then Amos kicked out of the stomp, which was quite shocking. So Seth only won with a super stomp off the top rope. Problem is, though, is that Amos doesn't sell those bits. Mm. So the pedigree spot, you're right. Like, oh, he couldn't lock in the pedigree. So uh, Seth runs down the story. Amos is not good enough to tell that physically, to tell that story. So it didn't look like that's why he couldn't do it. With the neck thing, Amos just stood there. And then Seth's doing all of yeah. the work here. And it it. it like this match was easily the best match that Amos has ever had, but it also exposes the fact that he's not very good. And, and ultimately, it means nothing. Because what we're going to get next is four weeks, eight weeks of Amos squash matches on TV, both bloody shows apparently, because he's a free agent and could be <laughs> on both Raw and SmackDown, along with Von Wagner, because it's that higher caliber of thing for MVP to negotiate. Nobody and wants them, so everybody Everybody gets them. them. And he'll do boring squash matches that will not get over. He couldn't even get over in front of Puerto Rico, and they were popping for Carlito. <laughs> and... He, and he'll get not over in that. He'll be put into another program and he'll lose on pay-per-view and the, the cycle will continue. Mm -hmm. But I am, I'm done. Mm. I really am done. I thought Seth did really well. He did do great. Uh, and, he'll, of, and he'll win at Night of Champions. Bit of pointless momentum <laughs> for the tournament. Uh, we Speaking got, of pointless. <laughs> yeah, we got Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory versus Bronson Reed. Actually, the shortest match on the show. Yeah. Shorter than Rhea Ripley versus Zelina Vega. I, I was going to say, amazingly, it was shorter than Amos Rollins. It was yeah. only like six and a half minutes this week. Yeah. And it was it was all, it was pretty much what we've seen on Raw. 
the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Just the you know Bronson and Theory ganging up at one point, and then then Reed turns on Theory. I thought Reed got a lot in this match, which was good because he was the guy who eventually ate the pin. Lashley speared him. Theory threw out Bobby, made the pin for himself. Yeah, this is one of those matches where on any other show, and I think the same probably with the Moss and Rollins, you'd be like, Eesh, like not good, pretty much pointless. But Puerto Rico made it sound awesome. <laughs> like they made this, they made this match feel like it was incredible. I thought the, I thought the action was fun. It was pointless, and it's in, you know that it's just a draft admin procedure. That's the problem I think with mm. this show is it's a holdover. It's got draft issues. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I don't know why they do this and they don't do the draft the day after the not the day after, but the the show after the pay per view. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it just like takes all the steam out, makes things predictable when people are on different brands. Like everyone knew Reed was losing this match. Yeah, and probably taking the pin. Uh, Rhea Ripley then took on Zelina Vega. To WWE's credit, they made this way more worthwhile than I thought it would be. This was so good. Mm -hmm. Loved every single moment of this match. So even though Vega was 100% losing... A cat in hell's chance of winning this. She, Zelina comes out and she's dressed in the Puerto Rican flag and she's just crying right away. Her family are at ringside. And it means so much to her and the crowd are so great and got behind her. All of a sudden, this was a banging match. Great. Really, I really, really enjoyed it. Mm. Superb. Like the emotion from the match she dedicated this match to her father mm -hmm. and i mean even though you know she knew that she wasn't going to be winning it like this this match meant so much to her to be able to do this in front of you know her people essentially and her family at ringside and i thought ripley did a really good job in making vegas offense look credible despite the fact she is about four foot shorter <laughs> than her I, I i thought this was so so yeah. good and the crowd were on five mm -hmm. it was at this point i was like man, what are this crowd going to do when Bad Bunny shows up? Mm. And it turns out, went even hotter. It wasn't, uh, it didn't really go into that next level. Like, we've got a bit of a Vega flurry. She hit the 619, she did the sort of Eddie and, uh, Guerrero. Tribute. Yeah, that was weird that she did the Eddie Guerrero move. I was like, okay, Frog Splash coming. Meteora. Does, does she think Eddie did the Meteora? No, she thinks that Sasha Banks invented that talk. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because Sasha doesn't tell people enough about how that is an Eddie Guerrero <laughs> tribute. Um, and But then Ripley was just like, F that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's enough moves for you. Riptide. Yeah, seven minutes, all right. <laughs> got to go home. Big boot to the face, this Riptide into the earth. One, two, three. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, that that, that didn't overstay its welcome. Nope, it was great. <laughs> she then got this standing ovation mm. afterwards and i wrote here they need a local boxer to get in the ring and sing wonderwall with her <laughs> and then what happens i got into fightful boxer amanda serrano was at backlash they could have done it yeah it was that was a really lovely moment yeah for vega at the end vega at the start the whole match and then that sort of emotional standing ovation for her afterwards superb really really nice then we got bad bunny versus damian priest and Should have been the main then we got the six man. So you said in uh, sort of your notes and stuff or in your news that goes up later that you felt 
the show naturally ended after Bad Bunny. And yeah. then when you saw The Six Man, you're like, oh, there's an hour of the show left. It I, d- I didn't have that it, sensation. It, it wasn't less. Like, that was that was just a, a joke that I mm. threw in there for, for the, the, the yucks. Yeah. Um, but I did think that this was... I, I just I couldn't believe that this was our cool-down match. Mm. That that's what this storyline... Because the, this storyline has gone so far off the boil. And I, I do think that this show was a bit upside down in that way. Like I would have had Peace, uh, Priest and Bad Bunny main events and put Cody and Brock in either the semi-main or in this position mm-hmm. here and have this six-man. Because you could have had this as a come down from uh, Vegas match with, with Rhea Ripley. But it was just like the bloodline came out and there was like no reaction for them. Or like, especially compared to what other people were getting on the show. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens and Matt Riddle, similar. And I was like, oh man, like this was the biggest thing in wrestling just two months ago. Mm. And look at it now. And I just felt a bit sad about it. They were getting big reactions. I don't want people to think or go... Well, no, I heard those reactions. But yeah, they were not at the same level as being the most over things in the company. Not even two months ago. Just over a month ago was WrestleMania. Yeah. They, you know, exactly, that yeah. night that night one finish, just all-time great moment. Like, they weren't getting the same reactions that Bobby Lashley got mm. or Bronson Reed got or EO Sky got. <laughs> like, they were just getting... I mean, like this is this. They were in the 2008 Divas position here. It would be like, here's your toilet break match before the main event starts, and ultimately, like the match was just all of the same thing that we've been seeing. And it's, this storyline is it's lost everything. There was a moment when like Jay was screaming in the face of Sammy, being like, "You did this to my family." I was like, "This is literally, we literally had this exact spot at WrestleMania." You, you got the new stuff with Solo, and but that, that's Jay, the though. only thing that they've they've added into. But this. that's that, that I would say that's the main bit of this match. But then, but that's a real disservice to Owens and Zayn. You know, Sammy Zayn, look where he was in February, mm. and now he is a background character to a different story that is not as over as he was in February. Well, I think WWE always saw Sami Zayn as a background character to the the Bloodline stuff. Yeah. Uh, and they, yeah, they gave people a pay-per-view yeah. in Canada for it. And I just don't think that this, you know, that I'm sure once Roman gets back, I think this storyline will try and find its feet mm. again. Him being off TV for four weeks has massively hurt what's going on here. And them then doing the same thing for four weeks that they were doing the four weeks before WrestleMania. I'm hoping Reigns coming back on Friday is going to inject some life back into this storyline. And maybe that <laughs> is, you know, as we had that, that series of Ultra Chats about um, Solo being in the tournament, mm. because despite the fact there being a brand split, wrestlers from SmackDown are in the tournament to fight for the Raw exclusive world heavyweight championship it lasted four days (laughs) (laughs) such a wwe boo they make it hard for themselves (laughs) and they don't need to um so i think that i'm hoping roman being back is going to inject a bit of life Mm. into this because you're right like the solo stuff could be a nice little wrinkle to this and be a bit more interesting but i think if roman had been there the four weeks after Mania, we could have got to this point sooner and not felt like we were just spinning our wheels for four weeks and have to then get people back into it. Yeah, you wanted to start this solo J stuff after the night, like the raw after Mania. Yeah. And then, like, because this is the new chapter, as but as opposed to just going back and, and forth with Sammy and Jay. And in fairness, they have been doing that on TV. The problem is, is that they've also been doing the Usos versus Owens and Zayn, mm-hmm. which is 
Control yeah. C, Control V yeah. with what we had in the lead up to Mania. So that was kind of dragging down the good that they were doing with setting up Solo and, and Jay. Because in this match, you know, like it, Solo looked like he was going, he had a choice at one point as to whether or not he was going to spike Sammy or spike Jay until Matt Riddle got in the ring and, and attacked him. And then Solo, was it, did he have the, the, the run wild? And then it looked like he was about to give, like he grabbed Jay by the throat and had the spike up. Almost, someone, almost by yeah, accident. Yeah, like Jay grabbed him from behind and that's when Solo went for the spike. Solo's facials for this were, were superb. He was really, really angry. It was like he was caught in this rage. And of course he was caught in the rage of just like, kill, 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 kill the baby faces. But also, just a few spots earlier, Jay had done this blind tag sequence with Solo, where Solo blind tagged himself in. Jay's a bit annoyed, but he's like, okay, fair play, mate. He gets... Uh, onto the apron and then tags himself in and Solo's like hang about what and got really annoyed by that and that caused mm. I think Kevin Owens or Sammy to get back on top but yeah like it felt like he was really gonna go for Jay there out of just awesome fury and he's been having Heyman in his ear mm. telling him that these guys are the problem you know, we've got a Kevin Owens problem, we've got a Sami Zayn problem, a riddle to solve, but also we've got an Usos problem that we need to fix. Mm. I think there could be some interesting stuff that comes out of this. Unfortunately, my, my final note I wrote on this match was, I really don't know what a lot of this means, and sadly now I don't care. Oh. I'm hoping that this can get me back, because I, I, I want to be back in this story again. I, I like, I, I was quite into the, the Solo J stuff. I, I didn't feel as down on it as you did. Uh, but I do, yeah large elements of this have been very repetitive feels like the old wwe where that wrestlemania to backlash stint is just a rehash of stuff do you remember last year's backlash was roman had won both of the belts so he told the usos go and win the other tag titles and the main event of backlash last year was going to be the street profits versus the usos yeah. title unification yeah and then roman in storyline was like actually i've changed my mind it's now a six-man tag and then after that was like, you should go and unite the Titans. Uh, <laughs> well, well, what was the six man for then? Um, Solo was burning a hole in Jay with his eyes afterwards. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the follow-up. Uh, and the main event, with only 20 minutes left, including entrances, was Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. It's a Brock match. Yeah. What are you expect us to do with a half-hour epic? Well, it's just, it's just different to how it usually is. And that, not just entrances, but... Uh, a long sponsor segment for FUBAR, the Netflix show with yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. There's a lot of uh, forward 10 seconds, forward 10 seconds. Uh, appropriate sponsor, I would say, now Vince is back. <laughs> so Cody, this was good stuff. I, I, re I actually really like the match. I thought Cody was a smart, fiery baby face. Brock makes the entrance, but Cody dives on him, gets the chair, bam, 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 before the bell rings. Typical heel stuff. But as we know, Cody walks the line sometimes. But I thought it... it uh, I never saw it as a heel. It's more <coughs> of just a fiery baby face. Yeah. Cody, uh, Corey had a really good call. He said he doesn't want Brock to do to him what Doomsday did to, to Superman. I thought that's a nice explanation. If you have read <laughs> yes. The Death of Superman. If you're familiar with early 90s DC. 
<clears throat> I think that surely there's a Homelander reference that would be more appropriate for Cody. <laughs> but yeah, it allowed Brock to just get back in there and go, well, now I'm pissed, so suplex city, bitch. Yeah. Suplex city, then it's just big move after big as move. The, as then when I wrote in my notes, <laughs> you ever seen a Lesnar match? It's one of them. <laughs> and they're all great. Well, and, most of them are great. Yeah, he did his suplexes. The crowd enjoyed the suplexes. It's what you want out of a Brock mm. Lesnar match. It's seven minutes of Brock selling for a bit, doing a bunch of suplexes, kicking out of finishes, and then a finish. Because it's also a Cody match, so you're going to get at least three crossroads. Yeah. How and many, how many it, were in this There was one? just two. He hit two crossroads, and then Lesnar kicked out. Went for the third. Ah. Lesnar hoisted him up into the F5, um, and yeah. Cody kicked out the F5. Yeah, yeah. Locked in the Kimura. Cody rolled him up in the Kimura, and Brock apparently is thick and and forgot to kick out and the match was over it's these mma people they <laughs> love their submissions so much we had it with Shayna baszler that time she's like oh don't want to i love I my submission i can't let go of the submission because he will tap out oh no i've been pinned <laughs> <laughs> idiot i uh, i actually really like the the finish the momentum for the finish but yeah brock should have totally let go uh <laughs> just before we talk about the the overarching picture of the booking a turnbuckle gets exposed and Brock is like, I didn't bring my blade with me. So I'm just going to nut. I'm going to nut this turnbuckle as, as hard as I can. Hard as I humanly can. He lawn darts himself <laughs> into it, feet off the ground, going straight into the metal. And yeah, mission accomplished. Because then he had an evil Uno style splurting yeah. gash on his head. Or is either that, or he went into the turnbuckle, got up and was like, oh, oh, I'm bleeding. <laughs> and then, oh my God, the blood is more coming out. And Cody then just gets blood all over him because he has to put his arm around his head to do the crossroads. So he just gets blood all up yeah. and down his arm and his chest. Rubbing it on himself. Uh, I really like the referee in this match because he made the conscious decision, I'm not going to stop this. Yeah. Because what was the, uh, the Bala match? Uh, a mania with Edge on night two. Yeah. They stopped the match and it was awkward because WWE have a policy that if someone really gets cut open in a match, then you stop the match to repair the wound because that's a safe thing to do. But like many things in WWE, that doesn't apply to everybody. Because when you're Brock Lesnar, you're just going to let him do what he wants. There was a moment when he had a towel, the referee did, <laughs> and then was like, ah, I'm not going to offer it, just and just threw it away. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to give that to Brock? Well, it's like, I imagine Brock was like, ah, we'll go to the finish in a minute anyway. Yeah. I wouldn't bother. I bet it's so frustrating for everyone else in that locker room to see stuff like that happen and just be like, like, I, why can't we do stuff like this? Well, like, you know, they've just been, there's a report that you can't post things on social media of your wounds, which has become quite a trend in recent times. And then, then the week after Brock does this and the company are fine with it. You yeah, know, they might fine him, but doesn't matter, does it? No, uh, but I, I, I felt this match underwhelmed oh, okay. slightly. Not in the sense of like the in-ring action underwhelmed because it is exactly the match that you expected it to be. But it's they, they were telling the start, uh, the start of this, they were like, we still don't know why Brock Lesnar attacked Cody Rhodes. And because Cody won here, that makes me think, well, this storyline must continue. This mm. feud must continue. And it'll probably be Cody Brock to a night of champions. And Saudi, yeah. And and then Brock just wins there. And in which case it's like, well, cool, what was the point of what was the point of this then? Mm -hmm. And because, you know, Cody's beaten some adversity, but then you just have to just 
have some more adversity thrown in. It's ten whole minutes of adversity. Yeah, I mean, you said this in your editor review, and I completely agree. It's like I don't think <clears throat> WWE are committing to a story with Cody. I feel like they just wanted to have Roman be champion for a thousand days because that apparently means something mm -hmm. to them, and or to beat Pedro's record or whatever it is, and. It's not really gonna, and it's it's derailed Cody, and then they're like, well, we can't have Cody lose two pay per views in a row, so he he can beat Brock Lesnar here, but that doesn't really do anything for Cody, and it wasn't exactly a strong finish for Cody either, or a weak finish for for Lesnar, a bit of a weak, actually, it was a bit of a weak finish for Lesnar. Yeah. So do we just do the rematch, and then we start the adversity? Like I I don't know. I I I, I was I was really like. I thought it was, sort of, it was a bit of a limp finish to what was a, ultimately a bit of a limp story. Yeah. A, 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 like a sort of high, not high spotty, but chaotic story, which has been fun to watch. But yeah, it feels like just treading water now until next year when you might get Cody and Roman again. Someone commented on my review saying, well, you are basing this off of a few interviews and reports that WWE believe Cody hasn't had enough adversity. They're going to do a year building that adversity to then do the rematch of WrestleMania 40. It's not just reports. <clears throat> Road Dog has said it. Well, yeah, but... He's, he's part of production. But he's, he's also Road Dog. <laughs> he's, al he's also very stupid. <laughs> But even if you take all the reports and stuff aside, you've then got to ask yourself, well, why did Cody lose at WrestleMania? Okay, he lost at WrestleMania because they're going to continue a story. Take all the adversity stuff out of it. What's the best story you can tell then? You do a good version of the John Cena twice-in-a-lifetime build, which is Cody spirals for a bit, he loses things, he has a crisis of confidence, and then he starts to build himself from the very bottom all the way back up. You have a huge redemption arc after hitting the lowest lows, and then you culminate at WrestleMania 40 next year. Because right now, his lowest low is now WrestleMania 39 Night 2, where he, he pretty much won. And he was just cheated out of the win. And then he wins the next month. That's not a that's not a story of adversity. That's a story of just the guy continuing to do what he was already doing. Because Brock didn't cheat here. So he, Cody won. So I just I yeah, I think that this isn't the right version. This isn't the best version of the story that they are either they, they're intentionally trying to tell or they should be telling because it's the only way to go after the bed they made for themselves when Cody lost at Mania. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't think this was the best thing. I guess it's funny as well because when, um, you know, we did our predictions for this and we both predicted that Brock was going to win mm. because that's, I was like, well, that feels like the most logical way you would take the storyline. There were a lot of comments that were like, I cannot believe you think that Brock is going to win this. Like Cody for <laughs> sure has to win here because otherwise he'll have lost two pay-per-views in a row. But I'm like, well, that's a good story, though. Like, that's, that's, a, that's, you know, it feels like that's the direction that we're heading. But we're not. So I don't, I now don't know what direction we're heading. I feel like that's, that's the problem. Because you don't want Cody to lose two pay-per-views in a row. You don't want your biggest draws to keep losing. That's, that's, that's generally a bad idea. You want to keep those top draws strong. But WWE beat him. So then what do you do? You, you, well, you should probably tell the losing streak spiral story. 
and they haven't done that. So th- again, I think it's a it's a problem of WWE's own making that they put themselves in this position. Or here's an alternative take. Or they still do the spiral storyline and they just pretend that this part didn't happen <laughs> because that's what they did in 2014 yeah, with Cena. Yeah, yeah. Cena didn't have the worst year of his life. He actually had a very, very good <laughs> wrestling pay-per-view year. But then come WrestleMania, it's like, I had the worst year of my professional career and you just cut together a video package that makes it look like. It's how good WWE Video Department mm. is. They made Rollins and Amos look like it had been a, a storyline that was designed to be on pay-per-view as opposed to a pay-per-view match and we work backwards from there. They've had one in-ring segment and they got an entire video package out of that one in-ring segment to make it look like this is actually a big-time feud. It's, they are very, very good at this. I, and there's also, when it got to this and with the Bloodline stuff just not being as impactful as it had been, a month and a half ago and the crowd not as into it as much as they have been other stuff on the show even more i was like bad bunny should have been the main event mm. really should have been the uh on the video editing department it makes you just go why didn't you do that for wrestlemania 39 then to tell the adversity <laughs> story that cody had gone through yeah sorry you don't, yeah, as you don't a have to not do it to make it up a following year as a correction 2012 do apologize 2014 of course was a very different type of year well well, overall i thought this was a really really fun show and i enjoyed the last two matches more than you seemed to i just i just I, i've got sort of flashbacks of the cena story from before and i, I don't think cody's gonna be but it's weird to say after you just beat him brock lesnar clean that that's not the right way to book someone, but I, I think I don't think it is. I and I, I mean, they've also got this problem with the other world title as well. And Cody is now on the brand with that world title, but if he is not going to be going for that world title, it's just going to further highlight that this feels like the consolation prize because mm. he's like, no, I'm going to go after Roman's title, who's on a different brand that I can't go for. So I, I, I it depends on what they're going to do next with that as well. Like a lot of the outcomes of backlash and the the outcomes of some of these choices are really going to be determined by okay well what are we doing post backlash because a lot of this this did feel like it was draft holdover and <laughs> wrestlemania b show follow up holdover yeah um but as a show overall i thought the first 3 quarters of the show were awesome i thought from the start up until the uh, until the end of the bad bunny match i was like this is an incredible show and I think it slightly, not fell apart in the final hour, but its final hour was not as good as the two that came before it. Because those two that came before it were mm. exceptional stuff. I really, really did enjoy it. So yeah, so that that's where I I stand on this show. Out of five? Um, I'd get probably a four out of five. Yeah, I gave it 81%, yeah. which is exactly the same. That's too low, Oliver Davis. It's technically higher than four out of five. It's 1% higher. Uh, let's do our remaining uh, ultra chats. If I may just do a quick plug for Patreon. Oh, yeah. Because we've got no Patreon shoutouts to do here, but as a quick plug for Patreon, uh, we'll be having the behind the scenes episode go up this week with you and Pete going through the WrestleMania storyline that we mm. did over on the Rest Talk News. Uh, the week after that, we'll. Proper booking meeting, that was. Uh, we'll have uh, uh, After Dark the week after that. And the poll is now closed. So I can reveal. I don't know what it is. The next episode of Wrestle Talk Extra, TNA, 
Sacrifice 2009. Oh, it's Sting. It's Kurt Angle. It's Mick Foley and <laughs> Jeff Jarrett in the main event for the TNA World Championship. So this is the one we wanted. Is it Foley is. champion going in? I think this is one with Foley champ going oh, in. Beautiful. And we've got we've got suicide on the show going up against Christopher Daniels, yeah, which okay. means it's, it's Kazarian, Kaz. it's Kazarian yeah. versus Daniels. I believe it's Samoa Joe and Kevin Nash. Yes, it's going to be the best. Oh, we're going to have such a good time watching this. Uh, yeah, so go to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk to sign up there and you get all the stuff from not only this month that's coming out, but a huge, what, like four or five year long archive of shows as well. Lots of value. Shows dating back to 2017 in terms of wrestle talk extra. Right, so ultra chats, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Last call for those. All Campbell. The Bad Bunny match was the most sports entertaining thing I've experienced in a very long time. To borrow from Moro in 05, this crowd was en fuego. I've gone back to watch BB Bad Bunny's entrance several times today, and that pop for Carlito was nuclear. So good. Lolo here. If I was the guy with the if priest wins we riot sign oh, oh cool. cool this has been the best wwe event i have been to the crowd was insane and into every match felt very attitude era i 100 percent think wwe probably saw this and will go back to puerto rico again soon i think you know do a show every year in england do a show every year in puerto rico yeah absolutely definitely earned it um Yonji, just wanted to say thanks for getting me back into wrestling for the first time since 2010 after I randomly stumbled upon Quizzlemania. Really enjoying a lot of the new talent in wrestling and thought Backlash last night was excellent. Hashtag jam that jam. Jam that jam, thank you so much. Yeah, I, I mean, I, right, I thought it was, it was a very, very good show. I don't want to sound like a... a um, Tempest had this point on the AEW show that you two did where your podcast started with you talking about the mm -hmm. main event that he really liked and then you got to talk about the opener that he really liked but then everything else in the show he was sort of middling on <laughs> yeah. so it kind of felt like he was just down on the whole show but no there was two things I really liked I just got to talk about them earlier did you see the Jeff Jarrett team TNA in the farm oh it was the best. As I said to you, I'm amazed you did not leave that. <laughs> if I was here, we would have led with that on the podcast. But watching Tempest eat that humble pie oh, yeah. as he admitted that Jeff Jarrett's been great in 2023. It's bitter. It's so bitter, <laughs> that pie. But he gobbled it up. There's, there's gold in there. If you dig deep enough, there's gold. But yeah, but I, a point I was going to make was like, I don't want to sound like I was down on this show. It just feels mm -hmm. like it sounds like I was down on the show because like, I wasn't into the last two matches as much as I was the, the rest of the show. Ben Vlerick has a run of chats here. So what's next for Cody? If he doesn't compete for the new title, it'll be stupid. If he does but loses, lol can't even with the co-price. Co-price? Um, I'm a consolation prize. Oh, right. If he wins, well, it's still not beating Reigns. Just don't see how you can undo the damage of the loss. It's lose-lose. Also, sad how the hottest story in all of wrestling has in one month been downgraded to being, as well as feeling, a cool-down filler match between co-main event and main event. Had even forgotten the six-man tag was going to be on this card. And last but not least, Bronson Reed rules. Figured he wasn't going to win because both the then both the IC as US champion would be on Raw, but still sucks he was pinned. Worse, theory might feud with Lashley again or still. Hoping for big things for Reed on Raw. So I <laughs> think uh, it's more they're probably going to heat Lashley up for Roman. Yeah, probably. I think there's there's two like ready-made feuds for Roman before he gets. I mean, and actually they might even do Lashley Roman at SummerSlam, but I think you've got. AJ sat there as well as a mm. feud for Roman to kind of like in the go between as he's on his way to a thousand days with the club versus the bloodline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, I'm so sorry, but this username has been lost. So please tell the mods and we'll try and give you a shout out. So that was going to be a glorified house show per Ollie and Luco in DAD. Hmm, just messaging you, just messaging, just messing with you guys. That blew every expectation. This was one of the best crowds ever rivaling UK, Philadelphia, Chicago, etc. Royal Rumble to Puerto Rico, please. A Royal Rumble in Puerto Rico <laughs> would be absolutely awesome. But... It was a glorified house show, yeah. but the crowd made it more than that. Nothing wrong with glorified house shows. Absolutely Remember right. how much fun Super Showdown in Australia was? Yeah. Gabriel Reyes, I did the math. Bloodline have won 70% of their televised matches since Mania. Only two clean losses in a month as other finishes were DQ. WWE want us to believe that they are irreparable cracks, yet keep having them win. As Ollie said with Cody, have them lose. It's a very good point. Mm. Uh, Spencer, and finally for now, Spencer James Tomlinson. This show ruled, I don't know about you guys, but it kind of felt a bit like night one of WrestleMania, with the card size and the celebrity match being insane. Bunny should have main-evented, but overall, great pay-per-view. I genuinely think if Bad Bunny had main-evented this pay-per-view, I wouldn't have sounded so down mm. uh, towards the end. I think uh, it's how you leave them sometimes. It's it, That night one of WrestleMania and this and Clash at the Castle, you know, those, these great shows, they feel like takeovers. Yeah. That's what I love about them so much. The smaller card size mm. as well, because there was this was a slightly bigger card size than we got at Clash of the Castle, because that Clash of the Castle was only like five matches, like six Beautiful. matches or something. It's so good. It's mm. so tasty. And I think that was the strength of WrestleMania across both nights as well, was like not overly stuffed cards. And this is one of the real strengths of the Triple H mm. era are those smaller pay-per-view card sizes. Take note, Tony. And our latest member, Carl Kinahan. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, but yeah, that's all we've got time for today. If you haven't already, please subscribe and uh, go and watch the Wrestle Talk news channels review from me. And we've got a news video from Luke coming up very shortly. I'm off to watch Guardians of the Galaxy now. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. Sorry about the lag stuff. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.